Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Wonderful, wonderful time uh, to be uh, alive in the world in the middle of all that's going on that God's called you purpose that you would be born at this time in history, that you have something to contribute to this time in history. You could have literally been born at any other time or any other space, any other place. You could have moved to another nation, but God in his goodness and his sovereignty and in his purpose has said now, you now. You're not here by chance. You're not in the world because two people got together. They had to. We know that. We're not going to get into that. That's. But the reality is, is that you're here in the purpose and the plan of God. And there's something, not only that God, there's, not, there's, there's somebody God wants you to become. And there's someone he wants you to reach. And there's something he wants to do through you. No other time in history you were needed because you're here. You're needed now. You're needed in Princeton. You're needed in Vanderhoof. You're needed in Winnipeg. You're needed in Nigeria. You're needed in Ghana. You're needed in Surrey. You're needed in Langley. Wherever you are, God has placed you there. I don't know why I'm saying this. This is not anywhere on there. Maybe we'll get to it. I think sometimes we spend a lot of energy trying to fight out of where we are when God wants to do something where you are. And not only where you are, but in who you are. And I'm watching the Olympics this week, a little bit anyway. I don't know, did anybody watch, if you haven't seen it yet, the way that Tokyo did some stuff with some drones if you look that up on YouTube, how they did this whole thing with drones, uh, and it was an amazing thing. But beyond that, I like the Olympics, and I like watching them, and I watch uh, sports that I would never give moments of my time to any other time. Anybody else with me there? You're like, uh, yesterday I started watching a cycling race, which was like 270 kilometers. I like, I tried to stay in. I couldn't at all. It was like... And then, but the most exciting part was the wipeout because when a wipeout happens in a cycling race, it's something to behold. That guy, I don't know, it was in the British team, and I don't know what happened, but down he went, and two or three other people went. And I could see a guy, I think it was from the Austrian team, standing up, and his handlebars are just bent. And he just kind of looked at the British guy, and you could see, if I could kill you. But. But I was, I, what, really, what I really, really like about them is when you watch things where people uh, who seemingly come out of nowhere and win. I watched the 400-meter freestyle yesterday, the Tunisian uh, swimmer. And uh, here, there he was. He was, he was just happy to show up. He, he had made it. Uh, and we, knew, we know that if you're going to even get to the Olympics, that's an incredible feat in itself because you have to meet worldwide times, not just because you're the only guy. The Jamaican bobsledder of 1988, those days are gone. You can't just say, I'm showing up. Uh, so he had to meet some standards to get there, but he was just happy to be in the race. And there he was in a moment, and, and just little by little through that, lap by lap, he started pulling up, and they start like almost cheering him on, and I'm like on the edge of my feet, and edge of my feet, seat, seat, 
just had a visual there. I was like, how, you know, on the edge of my seat and watching this, and I was so excited by it uh, because Canada was, yeah, there. <laughs> and so he wins, and everybody else is like, yeah. And he gets out, and he's sitting there, and he's hooting, and he's hollering. And they, the, the commentator said, you know, most of the time when you're expected to win, you're just kind of very dignified. Yeah. But when you're not expected to win, you don't care who's watching. Because you know how much that costs for you. You know how much time that costs. You know how many early mornings that meant. You know how much sacrifice. You know how many times when you wanted to say yes to a Dairy Queen blizzard and you had to say no. That right there is too big a sacrifice. But there he was and he was doing all this and he was just so excited because he had made it. Not only had he made it, he got to a space that he couldn't have even probably imagined. Maybe quietly he thought to himself. But what's most beautiful to me was there was one guy, his coach, up in the stands because nobody's allowed to watch except people who are there for the games. And he's got his mask half on, half off. And he's just, yeah. Because all of it had happened because of all the work and all the tests after test after test that he had passed, probably failed, passed, failed. But here he was in his moment. And we all see that moment and we never see the rest of the story. All the stuff that had happened up until that moment. Test after test. All through life, we go through tests. How many of you love, used to love, you're in school, you love tests. You couldn't wait for a test. Okay, put your hand up. We are going to pray for you. <laughs> just no. None of us like tests. Tests are not fun for the most part because you're, you're going to try and, and, and you've got to put yourself out there. And sometimes they happen in life. A number of years back, and, and without getting into details, we went through a significant test that lasted probably almost three years. And it started with me losing my job in one moment, and suddenly everything in our life changed. We lost friends. We lost community. Uh, and actually, we lost it. probably cost us about $20,000. And everything in a moment was gone. And we felt betrayed. All kinds of stuff that you're working through in that moment. And it was a significant test to us of our faith. It was a test of our finances. It was a test of our attitude. It was a test of our emotions. In every space, it was a great, great test. And I didn't like, I didn't like it in the moment, just so we're clear. But all of us are either, this is what I have learned in life, is either I'm in a test, I just finished a test, or I'm about to take one. <laughs> and if you can get settled in that, then it'll help you to navigate tests. Because tests come. Tests and difficulties and trials. Some of you are in them right now. Some of you are hoping it's ending. Some of you might have a marriage test going on right now. Some of us might be having a financial test where you're not sure there's always a little bit more month than, mo than money. Some of you might be going through a relational test where someone that you thought was for you betrayed you. Some of you might be walking through the reality that someone who promised in a relationship that they would hang with you and stay with you, even went so far maybe even to, to get a ring, just suddenly walked out. All of us are having moments of testing. Some of us, it might be a relational thing where your relationship with your child, your adult child is estranged. Whatever it might be, we are all going through tests at different, different times. And the tests, though, are not predictable. 
How many of you like pop quizzes when the teacher would just like, hey, I'm just going to give you a test and drops one on your desk or whatever. Those are the worst. You're like, I couldn't prepare for it. Some of you are like, I don't prepare anyway, so it was no different. <laughs> we know you. <laughs> but tests are in life are not always predictable. We don't know where they come from sometimes. And we, what's worse is sometimes we don't know when they're going to end. They come seemingly by the fault of others sometimes. Sometimes you can just be going through life and they jump on you out of nowhere. And sometimes the struggle and the challenge and the pressure and the test can cause you to either lose perspective. It might cause you to get on your back feet and be defensive. It might cause you to be wavering in your faith. It might cause you to be uh, in confusion. It might cause all kinds of things. But can I just say this? It's only a test. It's only a test. And if you fail this test, God is good and he'll loop you around and you can have a, what, a retest. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't want to retest. <laughs> I'm going to help you pass the test the first time today. How many want to pass the test the first time? You don't want to go through this one again. I want out. Just one out of the test. Franklin, you're going to pass. You're going to get all the way. You're going to make it to the bachelor's degree. You're going to finish. Then you're going to be a lawyer, right? But you got to pass the test. Franklin's like, you can pray for me now, pastor, right? <laughs> and the book of Psalms is a collection of poems and stories and, and songs of, of all kinds of people, David being the main writer of them, but also Moses and, and Asaph and different ones that talked about how they process life primarily and how they got through things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, pe the people that betrayed them, all this stuff. The Psalms are, are kind of a, are a little manual. And I'm going to look at, we're going to look at Psalm 138 uh, this morning. It was a Psalm that's carried me through many, many tests. And I, I want you to invite you to open to that Psalm 138 and I'm going to read it. It's not going to be on the screen today and you'll be okay. If you have a Bible, open it. If you have a phone, open it. Just don't go on to TSN and watch the Olympics. Uh, Psalm 138, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Somebody say, my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. Now, before the gods, it doesn't mean he's worshiping the gods. It's saying literally that in the middle of everything else in the world, I'm willing to stand up and say, I'm going to be uh, praising God no matter what everybody else around me is doing. I will bow down towards your temple and I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. You have exalted, or some translation says, you've exalted your word above your name. When I called, you answered. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you. May they, when they hear what you have decreed, may they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. These are great words of praise that start out. I will praise. I will sing. 
I will bow down. All these songs of just positive thinking of and thanking God for who he is. And they're important words to do. But they, but sometimes when you read those like that, they lose their beauty and their richness if you don't read the rest of the story. It's like watching a movie, the closing scenes where the, where the couple come together and your hallmark moment ends and, and people are happy even though it's the same movie again and again. And they're watching them come together and it's, whoa, that hallmark moment. Don't watch Hallmark. Jesus will. He will forgive you, but it might. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah, keep digging. (laughs) But sometimes we lose the beauty of God's story because we only tell half of it. The high. The good. The victory. And it's important to tell those. But those great moments, those victory moments came through just like that swimmer. Moments of testing. Moments of trial, moments of difficulty, moments of I'm wondering what's going on, moments of I'm frustrated by, moments that I'm angry with, all those moments. And what gives the victory moment that beautiful I will praise, I will sing, I will bow was moments that David takes us through in the story, the rest of the story. And most of it's found in the back half of the psalm and it's the rest of the story. And isn't it like that in life? We always look at moments and make them our whole life. We do that with people who are doing well, and we're like, wow, I wish my life could be like them. Or we go to the other side, you know, uh, they got all the breaks, they got all the, the privilege or whatever like that. And we look at a moment, and we don't know their story. Or we see somebody maybe who's who's has no home or, or is in real financial trouble, and we might in that moment make a judgment about them and who they are and the space that they're in because we only see a snapshot of their story and not their story. And some of you are judging right now your future based on a snapshot of your life that you're in right now. It says only a test. See, David wasn't just singing songs of praise. In verse 7 and part of 8, we see David talking about his struggles. He says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you will save me. The Lord will vindicate me. In the middle of it, his reality is, in the present, it's not good. And let me say something about the present. You can make the present less bad by keeping the past in the past. You can't change your past, but you can deal with it. You might need to forgive somebody. You might need to ask God to forgive you. You might need to ask somebody for forgiveness. But the Bible talks about each day has enough trouble of its own. You don't need to bring the past into there. So until you deal with this past, your present becomes unbearable because you're straddling two worlds. And not only that, some of us look to the future I was talking with one of my friends this week, and he's a forever optimist. But he also recognizes that that sometimes causes him to try to escape the test that he's in, the present, the situation. Sometimes you just need to be present in the middle of the test. Forget the sometimes. That was a good pastoral qualifier, which you, you need to be present in the middle of the test. Not stuck back there at what was. Deal with that with the help of Jesus. And don't be so oriented to the future that you're not processing what's happening right now. Because both keep you out of where God wants to deal with you. 
And that's sometimes, just like in high school, why God keeps you seated, because he needs you to pass the test. And we're going to tell why in a moment. But David goes through this and deals with this. He's in the present, and somebody say present. I've got to live in the present. I can't just live. God calls us. He's always calling us to the future. But it's this strange thing of that we are now and we're not yet. God gives us vision to help us in the middle of this. But we can't try and live there before God's done with us here. The rest of the story, David gives three pictures. He said, I'm in trouble. I walk in the middle of trouble. And one of the meanings of trouble is a straight, S-T-R-A-I-T. Some of you are like, I thought that's how I spelled the other straight. Straight is simply a confining space where if you're in the ocean, there's the Georgia Strait. You might have heard of that. There's two narrow, it's a narrow passageway between two sides. You can have it on a road. Some of the roads where I grew up on were a straight, a high cliff on this side, a narrow road, and a thousand foot drop to the, to the water. It was a straight. It's a narrow spot that you have, you don't have much room to move in. You have to go through it, but sometimes to go through it, you can't take through what was with you. It's a straight, it's confining, it's narrow, it's the, the connotative meaning is hard pressed, affording little space, confined. Ever felt like that where there are times where you just felt confined, had thoughts in your mind that I would get there or I would do this or that would happen or this would be, I thought it would be over by now, You're confined, pressed on both sides. And when you're in a straight, you have to be careful because if you get off track either way, you can run into a bank, you can cause your boat to crash or maybe even your life to crash. Then he says, there's the anger of my foes. There's not only trouble, I have enemies. When I, say, when I said that, some of you might have had some people flash into your mind. And I mean that. Some of us have some enemies that maybe have been enemies against us or we see them as our enemy. But the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In other words, the enemy of our souls is the real enemy. Having said that, I understand if you haven't dealt with your past, sometimes those people still feel like enemies today. And then David also, he says, I'm processing trouble. I'm processing that there's angry enemies against me right now. People who are slandering me. People who are betraying me. People who are, are saying things about me. And then he talks about loss. You say, where does it say that? Well, it says the Lord will vindicate. Well, vindicate means to clear from accusation or suspicion. To regain possession through legal procedure of what was lost. Some of us have lost hope. Some of us have lost finances. Some of us have lost relationships. Some of us have lost joy. Some of us have lost purpose. Some of us have lost our way. And when you experience those moments, trouble of enemy, of loss, testing you, you might start to say, why do these things happen? Because I'm pretty good. Why? Sometimes it's the enemy. Sometimes it's because we made a bad decision. Those are the ones that are not fun for me. Sometimes it's just life. The Bible talks about that rain falls on the just and the unjust. It's just life. We live in a sin-cursed world. There's nobody to blame. It just is. Sometimes it's the dealings of God where he's working on you to prepare you 
for what he has for you. And what you're seeing is confining, is actually God stripping away some things. The New Testament calls it pruning. So that you can not just be fruitful, but you can be even more fruitful. But regardless of the reason, how we respond is incredibly important. Because I can't control when it comes. I can't control how it, com- how it comes. I can't control the people. I can't control what other people say about me behind my back. I can't, I can't control any of it. The only thing with the help of Jesus that I can control in the middle of testing is me and my response. I don't have to be a victim of it. In James 1, it's one of those verses that you think somebody should take out of the Bible. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Wonderful. Let's sing the song. We get another trial today. Another trial just like yesterday. Oh, wow. No, I'll stop. That's your trial of the morning. Because you know that the testing, somebody say testing. It's only a test. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. In other words, don't jettison out halfway through the test. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, you may be complete, you may lack nothing. Let the test let the test go. Stay in the test. Don't go in the past and hide. Don't move into the future so you can avoid. Let the test happen and just stay in the test so that you will be mature. If God's trying to make you mature, what does that mean? You're immature. I'm immature. But God said it, not me. And if I'm complete, it means right now I have, I don't have what I need for the next phase of what God has for me. And so God actually wants to get rid of some stuff and he wants to equip me with some stuff in that test that I won't be attuned to at any other time so that he can prepare me for what is happening soon. Whatever the reason, whatever the pressure, whatever it is, pass the test. Some of you are like, I would like the test to be over. I am, I'm not in control with that. We don't like tests, but tests are actually good. I feel like if you drive in the lower mainland, I feel like somebody, some people didn't pass their driving tests. <laughs> if they did, they may have paid for it. Because I tell you what, there are some people out there. Does everybody know? Is somebody coming to mind right now? Yeah, there are some people out there that I don't know how they passed their test. I don't think they did. When I get in an airplane, I am very, very happy of the trials and the tribulations that the pilot went through. I wouldn't want him to get on one morning. I am the captain, but you were just sitting in aisle six, the window seat. Yeah, but I'm the captain now. Well, who said? Well, I'm ready. Because he would go up and, and ride that. I'm very happy when this is your captain speaking, da, 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 and you're like, oh, phew. Because all I know is that it means he's gone through a process that has been challenging, that was difficult, that he sometimes failed, that took him hours and hours and hours of supervision so that when I get on the plane, I can be a little more relaxed. That's the reality. Tests are good if you know who's in charge. 
Tests are good if you know that God is working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. But tests in the moment don't feel good. But what if we changed our perspective and start instead of saying that or thinking that tests and trials are something God does to me, it's something that God does for me. Because he's actually believes in you enough to prepare you, well prepare you for your future. Now, think about this. If that guy did go from aisle six or seat six up to the front and he's flying, he's going to endanger himself at the very least. Or he's going to endanger a lot of other people. And sometimes God won't let you go into the future because if he lets you go as you are, you will endanger yourself and your fu- and your, the call of God on your life or the people that you're meant to touch. And so he said, I've got to process you to prepare you for the future that I have for you, the next leg of your journey. It's not fun, but it's good. The turning point of the story, though, is when David says this. In verse 3, when I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. We see God begin to move and David reorients himself, not around his trouble, not looking at all the things that are going difficult in his life, but instead he begins to put Jesus at the center of everything and the trials and the trouble and the enemies and all the stuff is all around him and suddenly Jesus begins to be at the center of the story. Not the trouble, not the betrayal, not the... Not the lie, not that person, but Jesus. It changes everything in a moment. Instead, he turns from the pressure of his problem and turns to the power of his Savior. God's heart for us, and we see it in three quick ways, is that first is that God hears you. Wherever you're at right now, as you're calling out to God, no matter if you're in his trial, on the way out of a trial, or feel like you're kind of in between, God hears you. God hears you. He said, when I called, God answers. I love what the New Passion Translation says. At the very moment I called you, you answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage in me. Know that we, as we cry out to God, he hears and he's working, whether you feel it in the moment, whether you see the reality of it right now or not, he's working. We saw the moment of a Tunisian swimmer we see that moment, but we don't see all the other moments that led to that moment. Some of us are in the moments before the podium. Sometimes God fixes everything in a moment. I like those ones. Sometimes he changes circumstances quickly. But most often the story of scripture is God strengthening us and maturing us to grow through what we're going through. To prepare us. Some people might say, Oh, I don't know. But God sees you. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. God sees you. And sometimes we feel unseen in the middle of it because people don't understand. Nobody's experiencing. That's the great lie that nobody's going through your struggle. If we told the story of our struggles right now, there would be a lot of people nodding ahead. That's me too. But God sees you. If you feel like nobody sees you, God sees you. He sees your situation. He sees the betrayal. He sees it all. And we're going to talk about what he doesn't just see it, though. But God also revives you. Psalm 138 and 7 says, By your mighty power, I can walk through devastation. I don't like devastation, but I've seen God, and I've seen him many, many times, walk me through devastation. And you will keep me alive, reviving me. We need everyone, every one of us needs a revival. 
Revival is not a moment or a special service. It's literally God breathing fresh life into you. Every one of us has not arrived. We need a fresh revival of the Lord. We need the presence of Jesus. Not only is God's heart for you to hear you, see you, revive you, but God also fights for you. In verse 7, it says, You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. Whatever battle you're in right now, know that as you cry out to the Lord, he's fighting for you. Exodus 14 and 14 in the New Living Translation said, The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. You can't stay calm if you feel unsafe. But if you understand that it's God's at work in the middle of it, that his eye is on you, that his heart is for you, that he's reviving you, he, he works the night shift. He stays up late. He, he sees what's going on. And stay calm. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm not calm, I make really bad decisions. Anybody else say something when they're a little frustrated that they wish they wouldn't have said? Just me. Okay, thank you. Me and Astrid, we're down. We say things. We make bad decisions. We talk about because we're not calm. But when we can find calm, not from just getting our life all organized right, but that God is with us in the middle of it all. He's fighting for you stretching out his hand against the foes that you don't even see sometimes you don't know what's going on he's stretching forth his hand Isaiah 43 and 2 says when you pass through someone say when when you pass through the waters I will be with you when you pass through the fire or the rivers you, they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned and notice that word through you're going through I'm not I'm not making my home in the middle of all this I'm here right now but it's a season this season will come to an end at some point if you're in the middle of that don't make a season of your life the rest of your life don't believe that a snapshot of your life is going to be the rest of your life not every season is a growing, vigorous, victorious planting season, but God is in every season. Sometimes it's a flooding season threatening to overwhelm you. Sometimes it's fire where things that are you're just things are getting burned off of you that, that God wants to remove from you. But you're going through. You're not going to, you're going through. If you want to go to Victoria on a ferry from Tawasin, they go, go through a very narrow pass called Active Pass, a strait. And they have to be careful. It's basically the width of a river this massive ship goes through. But the pilot, the captain, knows the way through. And there's a pilot and a captain of your ship that will take you through the strait, knows where the rocks are, knows where the things are that, are, that would threaten to disrupt you and take you out. But I want to remind you that there's more on the other side. He's preparing you. He's getting you ready. You are going through, but you're gonna, when you get through, you're going to have new levels. You're going to have new hope. You're going to have new joy. 
You're going to have new vision. You're going to have you're going to have new expectation. You're going to have new possibilities. You're going to have God t- takes us through. God takes us through. When I walk through the water, when I walk through the fire, when I his way of delivery may surprise you. He may deliver you by giving you incredible ideas of how to move forward. He may deliver you by you going and sitting with a good Christian counselor and processing some of this stuff. He may deliver you in a moment by delivering you from the demonic. He may deliver you in a moment by saying, son or daughter, it's time to forgive and release. He may deliver you in a moment just by the breath of his spirit or the the flooding of his spirit into your moment. But that's who he is. God, finally, God keeps his promises to you. He will deliver you. I love in verse 8, it says, you will vindicate me. In one translation, it says, you will work out your plans for my life. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. He keeps the books. And you, some of us have had a lot of negative minuses on the book of our life. But know this, that as you stand in, it's only a test. As you allow God to process you, as you allow God to remove things off of you, as you allow God to add things onto you, the people that have betrayed you, the situations that have been a rip off for you, the mistakes that you have made, we serve a God who is full of grace, who is full of goodness, who is full of kindness and has not abandoned you. He sees you. He sees the lowly. He sees the one who's just stuck in some situation. And know this, know this, know this, that he keeps the books. And where there's been a lot of negative on this side, know that God is at work in the middle of it. He's working the night shift. He's doing his his job in the middle of it all. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Don't quit. Don't stand down. Don't let yourself get into a space of apathy and confusion. But in this moment right now, now hear the heart of God for us this morning that we are called to not quit in the test it's only a test but God is working in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure and know that his plans are still good for you he's still moving you forward he's not done with you he's not done with your family he's not done with your church he's not done with the call of God on your life he's not done with Princeton he's not done with Surrey he's not done with Canada no matter what's going on in the middle of it, that our perspective would be that God is at work in it all. I'm not going to allow myself to be defined by what's going on all around me, that God is working in me right now. I don't feel it. Some days I want to cry in moments. Some days I want to quit in others, but I keep my eyes and orient myself around and put them at the center of my, my story because God is at work. It's a test. You're not done. He's actually getting you ready for something that's out there. Philippians 1 and 6, and and we're going to respond in a moment. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. God will finish what he started. Romans 8 and 28, and we know that God causes everything. Somebody say everything. Somebody who needs to know that God's in everything, say everything. Everything to work together for your good. 
He causes everything to work together for your good. The betrayal of people, the pressure of the enemy, the, the silly things that you've done and I've done, God can bring it all together and bring something good out of it. Only God can bring good out of evil. Only God can bring good out of abuse. Only God can bring good out of the plans of the enemy. Only God. We don't serve a God who's up there. We don't serve a God of a book. We serve a God through who in Jesus is alive. He's present. He's working. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. He keeps his promises to you. Trust his timing. Trust his heart. Trust that his eye is on you. Trust that he has not abandoned you. He will shut down things that nobody else could shut down. He can open doors that nobody else can open. He can heal in a moment what you thought was impossible. He can bring justice where there's been injustice. All I can control in the middle of it all is I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I cried out to you and you answered me. You strengthened me. You emboldened me even though everything around is crazy. It all starts at that very moment I called out to you. Some of us who don't know Jesus, that's going to start a journey that is going to literally change the rest of your life. When you start in this moment to say, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you to be the forgiver and leader of my life. Jesus, I need you to heal. Jesus, I need you to forgive my sins, to come in and be the leader of my life. And it all starts with that. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and paid the price. And I confess and invite him to be the leader of my life. I surrender my life to him. That starts a journey. But for many of us, we also are in moments where we forgot we were in a test and we thought that God had abandoned us. We thought, or maybe we just recognized, oh God, I need your reviving spirit within me afresh. I don't know how I'm in this spot right now, but I need your reviving spirit. It starts in a moment. I called out to you and you answered me. I'm going to close this and then we're going to do some stuff here in Surrey, but Jen, if you could prepare to, to take over in a moment, I'm going to pray and turn it over to our online hosts and to Princeton. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you hear us. You see us. You revive us fighting for us. You keep your promises. All the things that you do as we walk through trouble, as we walk feeling like the enemy is on every side, as we walk with loss. The moment I cried out to you, you answered. So we cry out to you today. We acknowledge our absolute desperate need for you. Thank you that you keep the books. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.